Welcome to Crime in Plastic, a gripping podcast where I, Dr. Miami, one of the world's top plastic surgeons, and my co-host, Santina, the amateur true crime researcher, delve into the often unseen world where true crime and plastic surgery intersect. Each week, I share my expertise and insights into the complex world of cosmetic procedures, while Santina gives you the shocking details of criminal investigations. From notorious criminals undergoing drastic transformations to evade the law, to even our own personal encounters with true crime and plastic surgery, all will be uncovered. So sit back, relax, or don't, because this is Crime crime and Plastic. for a while because I had COVID. Yeah. That's crazy. You were down for like 12 hours. It must have been rough. It was like five days. I was down bad though. Sure, sure. Can we go on? With I was the in the podcast? trenches. Yes, I was too. I didn't know it. <laughs> COVID's yeah. real, guys. Okay, he wants to talk about his segment. I have a new segment I'd like to introduce to the podcast. It's called, what's it called? Weekly Developing Stories in Crime and Plastic. Yeah. And every week, I'll go over the past week's headlines okay. that involve crime and plastic surgery. And you might think, how many of those stories could there possibly be? Well, every freaking week, there's more and more. In fact, this, packed we- this past week was a very interesting week because plastic surgeon Jeffrey Kim was found not guilty of attempted homicide of a patient who died after a breast augmentation. But he was found guilty of attempted manslaughter. So he's going to jail. You want to elaborate? Yes. Who the fuck is this guy? So we'll do a future episode probably on these developing stories. Of course but we will. This is just a two-minute summary. Just a summary. Summary. Can you do that? Give uh, sure, a, sure. Give us the spark notes. Uh, so the spark notes, I- the sparks notes is that. <laughs> the spark notes. A s- Sausage. <laughs> the short version of the story is that uh, I think she was 18 years old. She was having a breast augmentation in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And something went sideways during surgery, and instead of calling 911 right away, the surgeon went and saw their patients and kind of was trying to cover his ass a little bit and did not do the appropriate thing. And she ended up with severe anoxia, you know, no no oxygen to the brain, and she was in a coma, and she eventually passed away. It was really tragic. Really sad. But when they went back and looked at the records and the testimony of the staff members, I guess what he did was pretty egregious, I would say, right? That is pretty egregious. And that's what the jury found. Now, the state wanted to convict him of homicide, of a trying to murder her. Of essentially, murder. Of murder. They're both homicides. They're both homicides? I'll give you the legal yeah. differentiation. Thank you. <laughs> As a legal expert. Okay, so, so what's the difference between manslaughter and... Murder. And homicide, the same thing? They're both homicides. They're both homicides. Homicide is just death. Got it. So murder is like an intentional killing. Yeah. And manslaughter is an intentional killing, but with a something that mitigates it. Like Got it. Extreme emotional disturbance or, you know, like I guess with this doctor, he wasn't thinking straight because he was, you know, in the middle of surgery. I don't know. I, I think they did have a good case for murder, but I guess it was mitigated by something. Yeah, the jury, the jury, I guess, acquitted him on the murder and, and instead, you know, yeah. found him guilty on the manslaughter. Yes. Which is a uh, it's reckless attempted reckless homicide, class five felony in Colorado, which is punishable between one and three years in prison. And oh, I, th- I thought you said she died. She did die. So why is it attempted? Um, because I guess she didn't die immediately. Yeah, she died later. She died later. Maybe. So he was charged before she died. Uh, no, I think after she died 14 months later in October 2020, and the augmentation happened in August 2019 when she was 18. 
We will go into the details of this case, I'm sure, at a future date once we have the sentencing and, and so forth. But I just want to tell you that that's what happened this week. You know, another another uh, legal case was actually here in Miami where a, a post-plastic surgery center operator was arrested for operating without a license. Apparently she had like a care house, mm -hmm. you know, where these things kind of pop up in Miami here and there. And they had like 18 patients in one house. And obviously it was kind of running like a, an, an assisting living facility, basically, without a license. So she got arrested for that. Got arrested? Arrested, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, it sounds Yeah, she was arrested. Arrested and charged in the whole nine yards. And then the last uh, thing in the news this week is there's been a few cases of death from fungal infections in Mexico. It says, Texas woman dies after contracting fungal meningitis linked to cosmetic surgery in Mexico. There's an outbreak, apparently. Uh, that's the second Texas mom killed by fungal brain infection after getting a BBL in Mexico. The like the last of us. Yeah. Some yeah. Kind of there, apparently, um, they were doing these operations in a clinic where they were using, I guess instead of general anesthesia, they were giving spinal anesthesia and something in the anesthetic, it was a, it was a contaminated batch. <gasps> and there was like 20 or 30 people that got contaminated with this batch of fungus that was in the medicine into Wait, their so spines. Wait, so it's all the same, it's all the same center, same surgeon. All the same centers. I guess maybe it was, the, uh, maybe it might be the anesthesia group that was going from place to place. Something in the supply. And there's something in the supply and uh, it got into their brains and there's, and they're, they're trying to track down every single person, but there's two deaths so far and I think there's like 20 something cases of it it's giving the last of us it is giving the last of us so that's the uh, that's the news in crime and plastic well, i'm so happy to be living <laughs> the past in this week. day and age <laughs> that's the crime and plastic update okay now we go into this week's episode yes so who's telling the story this week Roro. Oh, i am telling excellent a story no offense but i love when she tells the stories <laughs> okay i'll be offended though i love when you tell a story thank you i love when you tell the stories i'm just gonna put my i love down. I love that you don't tell stories. <laughs> that you had to create an entire segment just I to was, feel relevant. I was. <laughs> I okay. did. I, I I had I had half a mind to act out some of the drama that, as you yeah, describe we, it, like we, a, like a radio theater. We were like talking about that. Tell a note, whatever radio novel. What do they call those? In like know. the '40s and '30s. I don't know. Radio Radi shows. Radio, radio theater. Radio theater, something like that. He right. wants, yeah, he wants to do something like where, like one of us is the victim and one of us is the murderer, like kind of. Like radio, like, like radio in the 1920s, you know. Like, How the fuck do they do that on radio? Like, okay, so they had like sound audio. effects. And they had actors be like, you know, you must pay the rent. I can't pay the rent. Didn't you they must pay the rent. Didn't they do I'll that? I'll pay the rent. You know, that kind of thing. Like War of the Worlds? Like War of the Worlds. <laughs> it was uh, Orson Welles, right? When he gave such a good radio performance, people actually, like, panicked and thought the world was ending and it, uh, aliens had invaded. Yes. That's the kind of drama I want to bring to this podcast. I think that... Let us know what you think, guys, <laughs> about <laughs> that idea. I'm going to vote no. <laughs> Maybe you should put a poll on uh, TikTok and see uh, what people say. All right, let's jump right into let's it, Rosie. Let's make a poll of this room. Who, what, <laughs> votes, yes. what crime and plastic are we going to be talking about so this, this week? So this is a very interesting, unexpected love triangle case that turned into a murder. A bum, love triangle? Bum, yes. Bum. Okay. So on July 11th, 2012. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. That well, wasn't that long ago. No. Okay. I, I, went, for, I went further in the future instead of starting. <laughs> she started like you didn't start in 1894, <laughs> no. like the last one? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't go back. I didn't do their Ancestry.com this time. Okay. So July 11, 2012, there's a 911 call in Lubbock, Texas. 911, what's the emergency? Somebody has broken a window in the back, and the doctor did not show up for work today. I'm not going to work today. Ma'am, ma'am, what's going on? The bullet that was laying on the ground. I 
That lady sounded pretty scared. Who was that woman on the 911 call? So it's unclear exactly who it was. It was either a landscaper, housekeeper, or someone that worked with him. And him is Dr. Joseph Sonier. Dr. Joseph Sonier. Yes. He's a pathologist in Lubbock, Texas. Mm -hmm. Chief pathologist of Covenant Medical. I guess the hospital there. Mm -hmm. So they he was found dead in his house, shot and stabbed in his garage. Damn. Can I interrupt, or is this not a time to interrupt? Sure. It's really crazy that a pathologist would be involved in such a thing because pathologists are usually, like, the most boring people in the hospital. They literally only <laughs> deal with dead patients. Okay. Or, like, pieces of patients. Right. Like, they're, like, usually, like, the least gregarious, least social people. No offense, guys, but really, it's true. <laughs> but maybe they got to get it all out with their social lives. Well, I, well not in my experience. But, okay, just yeah. continue. <laughs> A little shocked that it was a pathologist. A little, even more shocking. Mm. So I'll come to that, what's even more shocking. So just a little background on who this guy is. So he's a pathologist in Covenant Medical, whatever, chief pathologist, head of pathology. And he is late 40s, totally, all by all reports, a nice Nice guy, nothing. Boring, they, the very bookish, usually. When the police came, they figured it was a burglary gone wrong. Right. But nothing was burgled. <gasps> nothing was missing. So somebody came to kill him. Shot and stabbed, you said? Shot and stabbed. See, the stabbing, that, that, that's, you know. That's personal. You already shot him. Why stab him? So. Well, you don't know which came first. <laughs> We're listening to the same story. <laughs> you know who could figure out which came first, ironically? A good pathologist. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was like kind of like the dorky guy in high school. He didn't date a lot. Married his high school sweetheart. For 27 years. That sounds like a pathologist. Then exactly. his wife fell in love with someone else and uh, left him after 27 years. They had three wait a boys. I'm, I'm married 27 years. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying. Nobody's saying. No, but listen. So this is where it gets kind of crazy and even more shocking. Mm -hmm. Two years to the Almost to the day, on July 12, 2010, his wife was murdered by her new husband that she left him for. Two, so two years previous. Whoa, whoa, two whoa. years previous, she was shot by this new husband that she left her old husband for, that she left the Dr. Solier for, shot by this new husband, and then that husband shot himself. So these poor children have two parents who were shot and murdered. Two parents that were murdered. And a stepdad. And a stepdad, but... Three yeah. parents that were murdered. Three parents that were murdered. That's terrible. Well, I'm sure they weren't too fond of the stepdad. I'm well, sure. Well, not at afterwards, but I mean... Not at all. Yeah, I don't think ever. 27 years, they their mom left their dad. So at first, the kids are like, is this related? Like, what are the chances that two of our parents were murdered? So... At least their grieving month was, like, consolidated. Ooh. Yeah, July was not a good month for them. But I'm trying to keep it straight. Yes. The pathologist, the boring pathologist guy was yes. married to a lady for 27 years yes she leaves him for another doctor yes no i don't know who she left him for just some other guy she left him rando for another guy. rando yeah. guy mm -hmm. and then rando guy kills her and himself yep two years later almost to the day almost to the day pathologist doctor is murdered yes okay got it okay so now the police are starting to investigate what happened why is someone like you said killing a pathologist it was very for no burglary what was the motive all of that so they interview his girlfriend okay. rochelle shatina so that sounds like my name if you fucked it up with shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Shatina Rizzo. All the letters are there, except for the Zs. Dr. Solier, now that he was newly single after his wife left him, you know, he was dating for the first time in In his 40s. In 27 years, He didn't even date in high school. He married the first girl he ever dated. Right. So first he thought, you know, he didn't think that he would do well with the ladies. But, you know, it turns out he's... He's a reasonably good-looking, well-to-do doctor, so he was getting a lot of dates. (laughs) And he decided a good way to meet women was to start taking dancing lessons. Okay. So he took dancing lessons, and he met Rochelle (laughs) Shatina. Shatina. That's an unfortunate last name. Shatina. Shatina. That's unfortunate as fuck. (laughs) And they hit it off. She was a former cheerleader, dancer, blonde, beautiful. What was she doing taking dancing lessons? She was also trying to meet people? Yeah, I think she was a dancer also. She was like an old, like previous dancer, so she probably wanted to meet people too. And they hit it off. So she was like already a good dancer, so she goes to the dance class and can kind of show off. I I got it. I'm on to that. She reeled in Dr. Solier. Good for her. And uh, they were they had a great relationship. His kids liked her. They had just gone away to France for her 50th birthday right before he was murdered. Mm. So the police interview her to find out if they could figure out. Because usually it's somebody close to the person who murders, you know, so she was a person of interest. And they interview her and she says, you know, he was the love of my life and da-da-da. And um, they ask her, does she have any ideas who could have done this? Like any. So she mentions <laughs> her ex boyfriend <laughs> dr thomas michael dixon why is it michael always gonna come <laughs> up with these crazy plastic surgeons thomas Pla- and michael yeah. <laughs> um plastic surgeon from amarillo you forget Texas. the murder up in uh tampa Tom? oh right right yeah so she said that they had dated previously and he still like couldn't let her go like he's still calling her wanted to meet with her even though she told him she was with somebody new and she was committed da 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 so she says you should talk to him. He's a plastic surgeon, I assume. He is a plastic surgeon in Amarillo, Texas, and a fairly well-known one. He has billboards, is on the media, all of that. So they drive up to Amarillo, Texas to interview him. Uh-huh. <laughs> so him and Shatina, Rochelle. <laughs> Her name is Shatina from now on. Yeah. <laughs> but, but can I just say, like, Rochelle's not, like, right now is not a great name either. The whole Sandoval shit. Like, yes. Raquel, Rachel, Rochelle, all yeah. that names. Santina. Shatina. So the police drive up to Amarillo, Texas yes, to, to investigate it, Thomas Michael Dixon. Thomas Michael Dixon. To was, interview him. To interview him because he was still in, he was still so somehow tell, yes. clinging on to this Rochelle. Right. So I'll give you the background of Dr. Dixon and Shatina. <laughs> so they met in 2008. Thomas Michael Dixon was married. Can we put the Shatina name in the title for the podcast somewhere? <laughs> So in 2008, Shatina went to his med spa for Botox. Mm-hmm. He gave her Botox. Two years later, they have an affair. He, oh, was he married? He was married. That's what an affair means. No, but you didn't tell I me he did. was married. I you did. did. I, she literally said that. I zoned out for a second. <laughs> yes. Okay, Thomas Michael Dixon is married. Is married. Has three children. Three children. Up and coming plastic surgery practice. Like right. His life is going very well. Until Rochelle steps in. Listen, you need to stop repeating everything she says. Well, because I need to repeat it so I hear it, so I understand. So I know it's annoying for people to listen to. You're so mean. I I can't find nicer ways to tell you things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the viewers or listeners, whatever. Okay. Dr. Dixon is married. He has a plastic surgery practice that's booming, like up and coming in Amarillo, Texas. 2008, Shatina comes to him for Botox. She's his patient. They become friendly on Facebook. Mm, Uh, It's always Facebook. Yeah. 
That was in 2008, <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just when Facebook came out, just about. Yeah. So 2010, they start to have an affair, mm. and his wife finds out, gets divorced. Mm. He has to pay his wife's child support, uh, money, all of that. Breaks up with his wife, but he's willing to give it all up because he really loves Shatila. Mm. He does really love her, but for some reason, he doesn't want to take things to the next level with her either because she wants to get married. Right. And on her birthday, she's expecting to get an engagement ring, and instead he gives her a tea of the month club <laughs> as her birthday present. <laughs> who doesn't Who doesn't love a tea of the month club? So she gets really upset. They break up. It yes, wouldn't you if you thought you were going to be proposed to? Yes. But you also, like, destroyed his whole family. Why did you think he was going to put a ring on it? Uh, you weren't expecting tea of the month, though. Yeah. At least a bracelet or something. Yeah, I think that was, you know, that was not well received. <laughs> so Duly noted. So they break up, and then she starts a dancing class. She meets this really nice pathologist who's super sweet and, and devoted and takes her to France for her birthday. When's her birthday? Do you know? When dancing class. I think it was in, it's probably, I think it was probably May or June because it was right before the murder. Oh, okay. They had just gone back. But he still keeps trying to pursue her, and she's like, no, I'm da-da-da. And she talks about her new boyfriend on Facebook, and he gets triggered about it. So now we're fast-forwarding to when the police are coming to his, uh, to interview him. Mm -hmm. And he, he's there with his new girlfriend. <laughs> the new tea of the month. The new girlfriend, who's, I think he was around 48 at the time. She's 24. A med, a med school student oh, no. at the school that he's like a adjunct professor oh, at. Why do guys do that? So he. So uh, gross. He gave a lecture at her school, and uh, his new girlfriend's name is Ashley Wolbert. Oh. And he gave a lecture at her school and then invited her to come watch surgery, and then they start dating. Sleazy. Yeah. So they were at the house together. The police come. They interview him. And he is says, I don't know anything about it. I don't even know why you're here. He does say that he still loves Shatila. He said, she did break my heart. And, you know, I'd love to get her back. That's crazy. Is Ashley <laughs> in the room when he says that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they were, inter they were interviewed separately. <laughs> I, I, feel like he said I mean, I mean, no shade, but I don't think she's making the best judgments, Ashley. Yeah. Hooking up with. Well, she said Ashley says they were dating, but it wasn't exclusive. Anyway, so okay. but they're interviewed separately. The one they come with a, a man and woman police officer. The man interviews him and the woman interviews Ashley. And then Ashley mentions that they had gone out the night before with Dave. But Dr. Dixon doesn't mention Dave, mm. but Ashley does. Mm. So then on their way out, the police are like, who's Dave? You didn't say, you know. And he's like, oh, he's my friend. We went out last night. He came over for cigars. Uh, you know, nothing. Definitely didn't murder my my <laughs> love rival. Not him. A few days later, the police get a phone call from this guy, Paul Reynolds, uh -huh. who says, this guy that I'm staying by, Dave Shepard, just told me that somebody hired him to kill somebody <laughs> in Lubbock, Texas. And I thought he was lying, but... I look. I Google the news, and somebody was murdered in Lubbock, Texas, and I think it was him because he said somebody hired him because there's some. He was dating his girlfriend. He basically confessed the whole story to Paul Reynolds, and Paul Reynolds calls the crime hotline and says, "You know what the fuck? You know what? Yeah." You need to hire a mute <laughs> to do your fucking bidding. Because I feel like that's always the case. Like, they tell someone, like, even in Adnan's Wasn't site, that, like, site. in Game of Thrones? Wasn't there a mute or something in one of the seasons where, like... There was. I there think. was, right? That was, like, part of the thing that, like... Yeah. I don't know the He hound. can't tell anybody. No. 
Like they specifically muted him. No, it's something along well, they those would lines. Cut, cut off people's tongues. tongues. For yes, a that's reason. it. Yeah, they cut off the tongue. Yeah, for yeah. for good reason. Yeah, like, yeah. They do always tell somebody. They always tell someone because it's a it's a big thing to yeah. you know weigh on your fucking chest. Yes. So that's why a, my father used to say a secret is only a secret if one of them's in the grave. That's know? what pr- the Pretty Little Liars theme song said too. Yeah, could you be. can't keep a secret if one so. of them is dead. <laughs> yes, that's good. Well done. Thank you. David apparently tried to commit suicide twice over these few days. Oh, he failed twice. He failed twice, and his nice friend Dr. Dixon stitched up his wrist <laughs> with times <laughs> of his failed suicide attempts. <laughs> What a good friend. So, and kindly told him to leave town. <laughs> Did he pay for his ticket at least? <laughs> well, he didn't leave town. Oh. So the police call him, call mm. Dave, and Dave confesses everything. He says... <laughs> I mean, he's trying to kill himself. He might as well just he, come clean. He said, you know, this the, my friend Dr. Dixon, because Dr. Dixon and him met because now he was, after he was divorced, after when he became single and, and uh, whatever, he was like his... His wingman? Yeah, basically. On the town? Yeah, and they apparently had, like, some business dealings together. Uh, Dr. Dixon was starting, like, an allergy testing company, allegedly, with Dave. So Dave comes to the police, confesses everything, says, this guy, like, my friend, um, I wanted to help him out. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was, at first, it started off that they were just going to, like, follow Dr. Sonier around, try to catch him with another woman and send it to Shatina to get them to break, break him up. up. yeah. And then it kind of, as it, it escalated to more, you know, sinister plots of murder. And he paid him to do this with three silver bars. Oh. And the cigars that he came, the Cuban cigars that he came to get the, that light that Ashley said they that he had come over. So that's the going rate of a hitman in Lubbock, Texas in 2012. Yeah. It was three a, silver bars and cigars. Yeah, the, the, the silver bars, they had found that he pawned them in the pawn shop. He got one like a month before the murder and then two when the deed was done. How much are those bars worth? It was like about $8,000 A bar? No, total. Huh. What? Yeah. I know. You have to pay me more than what a bitch with 300,000 followers <laughs> is making on one video in order for me to kill someone. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to kill someone for an influencer's rate. Like, that's I, crazy. I, Maybe Alex Earl's rate. <laughs> but not, like, my rate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, yeah. joking aside, I mean, somebody's dead. And that how that's how cheap life is to some people. A perfectly innocent person was dead. I'm, I'm a, a nice pathologist. A nice pathologist. Whose poor wife left him for some... Yeah. Schmuck who killed her. And what's crazy too is like Shatina's just gonna go date someone else. I know. You didn't get rid of the problem. You got rid of the symptom. It sure did. It's definitely not gonna date Dr. Dixon now that now that he's I assume gonna get caught. I love how like <laughs> he knowingly killed her man and he's telling the police, Yeah, I would take her back. <laughs> would she take you back? <laughs> True. Very Wait, uh, h- how old was he at this crazy. point, Dr. Dixon? He's uh, also late forties, maybe for fifty. Wow. Like somewhere between 48 and 50. Wow. So in the confession, he Rudy tells... Rudy Valencia. <laughs> so during the confession, he tells them all this information that he got paid, and he tells them where the gun is. The gun is, is buried. He said he threw it in some pond. He takes them. They find the gun. gun is registered to Dr. Dixon's brother, Monty Ooh. Dixon. So he <laughs> said he gave him the gun, everything. Um, what about the stabbing? Why did he stab him? I think he just wanted to make sure he was dead. Oh. Just like because he was still running after getting shot. So. Right. This happened July. He was murdered July 10th, found July 11th. 
they they arrested the the murderers by July 16th. In time for uh, the day of his funeral, they uh, he was arrested, already in jail. Yeah, they arrested Doctor Dixon. So his family had some. Doctor Solier's family had some peace. Yeah, with at least that being um, solved. One re- <laughs> one recurring theme I'm noticing in the stories is that plastic surgeons are terrible murderers. Terrible. Yeah. It's like they've never watched a single episode of Law and Order. Like that. Yeah. They. It might be because their egos are so big. They think that they could just get away with it. Could like, be. Yeah, they could, Li- <laughs> that could be. Listen to this that I forgot to tell you. <laughs> when he, they got arrested, the day that the police came to him, yeah, he had started texting Dave right away, saying like the police just came. Ashley told them you were here last night. Like lay low. They're probably gonna collect this. Da da da. <laughs> probably. And then, and then when they come, <laughs> the gun is registered to his brother. And then he delete. <laughs> he proceeds to delete all his text messages. And when the cops come to arrest him, he jumps in the pool so that his phone w- with his phone so that his phone would get destroyed. So he thought the messages were gonna get destroyed. <laughs> but he, I mean, right they're bo- saved. Uh, they're saved somewhere in the no, cloud. No, not sure. even in the cloud. He connected it to his laptop. They're on his <laughs> laptop. <laughs> so like his iMessages. <laughs> yes. You know, I know a couple of guys that got busted because their iMessages went to their laptop. Yes. Like they're sending yes. messages to, you know. Yes. So most of his. <laughs> people they shouldn't be sending messages to. They were able to recover <laughs> most of his messages, which I'll read you what they were. <laughs> Please do. And also, well, I mean, in his defense, that's probably the first year iCloud existed. Like he probably didn't realize. Because if you imagine, it's, like, the it's first possible. iPhone just it's came out. It's 2012. No, iPhones have been around since 20, 2008 or se- 9. Yeah, or but something. I don't think you could link them to your computer like that. Before. I'm like the, I like the, I, uh, the oh, yeah, I know what you mean, the iShare I think before thing. you had to physically plug it in. So this is the day before the murder. <laughs> uh, Shepard texts Dixon, perfect, dre- perfect day to travel to Hub City, which I guess is Lubbock, whatever. And then Dixon writes back, need it on ASAP. And... He says, me too. I've got gas and ready to head south tomorrow. Got a good feeling about tomorrow. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Hope he shows. Hope so. And then this is the day before the murder. And then the day (sighs) of the murder, he says, Dixon says to Shepard, put it on him. And then he says, on target. Still no show. Only been an hour, but damn. And then Dixon says, patience. Easier said than done. Persevere we shall. At least I'm not sweating my ass off. Vitamins I bought must be helping (laughs) as well. And uh, Dixon says, good. Any intel from anywhere? No. Almost two hours. Hold fast. Patience. How long do you think it's safe to park on the street unattended? I think it's okay. (laughs) He's worrying about a parking ticket? We'll keep you posted. I guess a big notice. So those were the text messages they talk about. One of these people, like, went through med school and <laughs> actually took really hard tests. Okay, so. <laughs> Clearly, like, coaxing his friend. Uh, yeah. Like, he's like, you know. Yeah. We'll get into more detail. Steadfast. Yeah. Manipulating his friend a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. We go to trial. Look at these shiny silver bars. Don't you want these? <laughs> That's crazy. Dixon, Dixon is incarcerated. His bail is set for $10 million. That sounds about right, yeah. And Shepard pleads not guilty, and he's confesses so that they take the death penalty off the table because this is a capital crime. Murder and it's for Texas. Murder for hire. Murder for hire is a capital crime. As it should be. Yeah. So two years later, they go to court. Prosecution calls their star witness Dave Shepard. Dave Shepard recants everything. He said, I did it on my own. I just thought it would be helpful to him for my friend. I wanted to help him out. He had nothing to do with it. What about the text messages? 
What so is he giving him that's worth the death penalty? No, he wasn't going to get... He already... That was off the table because he already had his plea. He was already charged, convicted, so he was able... He The death penalty wasn't back on the table. Right. So he recants and the jur- hung jury mistrial. What? What? <laughs> Text messages? The- well, the the star witness, they the prosecution did their whole case around this witness and he recanted yeah but what but the how do you explain the fact that the gun was the brother's gun and they're texting back and forth well he said he had explanations for everything he said that he stole the gun when he was at the house he gave him the silver bars as an investment for their new business and he did it in silver bars because he was just getting divorced and that he couldn't pay everything else was joint property you know, he had explanations. Well, what about the patient's texts? It didn't It didn't fly with the jurors. Yeah, but what about the wow. fact that he confessed and was convicted because he confessed? Like, that alone. Well, he took it back. He didn't He, he didn't deny doing the murder. He, he said just, he did it. He, he just, just said he just nothing said he, to do with the doctor. Yeah, he just said he made that part up. Wow, that's a solid friend. You know? I can't lie. But what? I don't have friends like that. You got a friend like that? <laughs> what did he want? Like Cheetos in jail? Like what is? What can this guy fucking offer him? No, he was just—he's a friend. Shepard's daughters say that he was just very enamored with Doctor Dixon. It was like it, they had like this bromance that he was. That's what it sounds you like. You know that yeah. he was just like very. Yeah. It was a lot square. Yeah, just wanted to please him, and you know all of that. Sounds like Doctor Dixon manipulated him. His I think friend, so. A little bit. So he was, was he like a simpleton? I don't know. I, it, I mean, it sounds like it a it little bit. It sounds like it, right? Yeah. So the prosecution has to do a new trial. Because when you hang, a hang jury doesn't mean somebody gets off. It just means they have to try it again. So unless you get an innocent verdict. Right. So there's no, But sometimes a, they don't want to go through the hassle. Right. So the prosecutor says that, I think I mentioned this before, prosecution hates retrials because it's really hard to do. And the jury already uh, like couldn't decide once what's going to make a difference in a second trial, especially now they don't even have this star witness anymore because they can't count on him. Uh, they said it's like putting back on a wet bathing suit. That's what they. That's how they describe it. You know, it's, it's like really putting the schnitzel back in the microwave. Yes, doesn't taste the same. <laughs> exactly. Do they use the same jury? No, no, no it's no, a new jury. It's a new jury. So? Yeah, it's a new jury. I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> I think this was it's actually... It's been on 2020. I mean, there's, maybe there's less... It's harder to get a, 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 an impartial jury now. This was a, actually a very public trial because it was just a shocking case of a surgeon killing another doctor over a love triangle. It was, it oh, where's Shatina and all this shit? <laughs> Shatina? She got off scot-free. Miss girl. They set a new trial date, and they don't reduce his bail, though, so he's still in jail. Yeah. Uh, in 2015, they do a new trial. Okay. And this time, they don't call Shepard. They stick with Reynolds, the guy who... We confessed to. They confessed to. Perfect. So they, so they stick with him, and then, even more so... What? Shepard's own daughters like testify against him and say, I think he was definitely lying. He killed... I think that this happened. You know, they basically just... T- didn't take their father's side. They were like, he was. They said he was hired by yeah. the doctor to kill this guy yeah. for this reason. Yes, and they right. say they remember the weekend he got the silver bar. Like he took them out for a nice dinner. Like he had all this money out of nowhere. And it wasn't asked, an investment. It was just for him to spend. Yeah, because they asked him, "How do you? Where'd you get this money?" He said, "I did a job for somebody. Don't ask what." That's what he told their, his daughters. So his daughters, like, totally, like, they testify for the prosecution. Right. And then Dixon himself testifies, which is always. A risky move for defendants to testify. But his ego. Yeah, Dixon testified. In his own defense. He testified in his own defense, which is a dumb move. Yes, it's usually a dumb move. And it was a dumb move because the jury didn't like him. No. They they did some, you know, they 
interviewed the jury after and they were all like, he's so egotistical. He's da da da. Like they just didn't like his testimony and he wasn't very believable because he like left stuff out to the uh, police officers. They have all these text messages where they're talking about the plan and, and da da da. Even though I told you, he tries to explain it that the plan was just to take pictures of of him with other women or to get other women to pretend that they were dating him or to proposition themselves to him and then they could catch him. But and those they, were all in the text messages. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't buy it. They said, no, we don't believe him, and he's convicted. Guilty. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough for a plastic surgeon to seem likable, let alone a murdering plastic surgeon. Yeah. He must have come off as very not likable. Yeah, he was very. they said he was unlikable, egotistical. They didn't believe him. He wasn't credible. <laughs> like, he, he screwed himself with this testimony, so they don't like him. So he's convicted. Yeah. The story does not end. What? <laughs> so he goes to... Appeal his this conviction, ver- his yeah. conviction, mm-hmm. which cr- which people do. That's normal. Yeah. And the appellate court. Two of the things that he said were so when they were doing the when they were showing the text messages in trial, mm-hmm. they also used uh, cell tower information to locate him in Lubbock, Texas, at the same time as Shepard when Shepard was there, like doing his reconnaissance. Right. So one of the dates, and then after that was in 2015 trial. In 2017, the Supreme Court came out with a decision that you can't use cell tower information without a warrant. Oh. So they had just got a court order but not a warrant. So the Supreme Court said that in 2017 that you're not allowed to do that without a warrant. The court, the appellate court ruled that they couldn't tell if this error was why he was convicted. If it was beyond a reasonable doubt, like a har- like they call it harmless error. Like right. If it, or if it was or wasn't, they couldn't tell. So they overturned his conviction. What? And it's sent back to the lower court for a third trial. Right. Prosecution says, fuck that. And they go straight (laughs) to appeal (laughs) the appellate's decision, the appellate court's decision to the highest court in Texas, the criminal court of appeals. You can appeal an appeal. Yeah. From the Supreme Court. Yeah. No. No. Supreme Court is different. Different. So. Basically, the way it works is you have a trial court. Yes. Then there's an intermediate appellate court. Okay. And then there's the highest court in the state. Okay, and that's Every where state, they appeal to. Yes. So they, they appeal to the Criminal Court of Appeals of Texas, The this appellate court's decision. The Criminal Court of Appeals accept, and they don't have to accept appeal. All of, it's discretionary right. when you get to the like highest Like the Supreme courts, Court. Like the Supreme Court. Yeah. They accept the, the, the case? case review. Mm-hmm. And the Criminal Court of Appeals overturns everything the... Uh, the appellate court, the lower appellate court said. They said that the... So they maintained his conviction. They maintained his conviction. They said that the cell tower information was harmless error beyond a reasonable doubt. They said the public trial thing was bullshit. Like, that was just the... They reasonably accommodated having a public trial. It just right. was, uh, you know... As public as he wanted as, to be. Exactly. Well, good for the prosecution. So they... Yeah. So they overturned the lower court's ruling, and they sent it back to the lower court because, remember, he had, like, 50, like 50 reasons for right. appeal, and they only ruled on the two that right. got it overturned. Was he sentenced yet? Yeah, he was sentenced to life, life without parole. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. It's a capital case. without. They didn't seek the death penalty. So a capital right. case without the death penalty is life without parole. Nice. Good. On two counts. They did it on murder for hire and murder for... Uh, murder she wrote? No, murder during a burglary because the guy... like. Uh, but he didn't burgle. Well, he broke and he entered. He broke in. Okay. He, did, he committed a felony breaking into the house. Okay. So they, oh, so they overturned it, sent it back to the uh, intermediate appellate court to review to rule on all the other The other things. 48 Yeah, the other complaints. 48 yeah. things. 
and the appellate court says all the other 48 things are bullshit. Conviction stands. He's he's convicted. This is in 2020. This just came out January 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. They appeal in August 2022 to the Criminal Court of Appeals in Texas again for this ruling. Yeah. They don't accept the case. Done. So he's done. Then in no. November 2022, he he files the writ to the Supreme Court to hear his case. Of the United States of, the of United America. the United States of America. He appeals. Supreme Court does not accept his case. Yeah, it's a bullshit case. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck would they waste their time on that? So they do not accept his case, and that was in March 2023. So, so he is out of appeals, and he is stuck in prison for life. SOL. Yep. <laughs> Shit out of luck. Shit could he, out of luck. Could he possibly, going on with... You know, connecting it with last week's episode, could he possibly perform plastic surgery for free on other prisoners? I don't know. I guess that's up to the warden. I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> that would actually. If the be warden's great. listening to this podcast, I think he should see if he can arrange something. You know, like that. Actually, that's great. Like, was he a good plastic surgeon? Do we know? According to reports, he was. I tried to look up on Yelp, but they don't have any reviews posted. <laughs> his website's take, down. You're saying? Yeah, his website's mm. down. They should take all the plastic surgeons that have been imprisoned. Yes. And make them do that. Like that can be one of their like. I, that's, not that they lower that's, their sentence for any. Shit, no, 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 no. But money. they for you know I see like I see like a sitcom. You see it, Megan? You see the sitcom there? All the plastic surgeons in prison. They make them instead of like working in the shop. They make them do plastic surgery. Yeah, I think that's great. You, you see the vision? I see the vision. It's like night court, but for plastic surgeons that are stuck in jail. No, I think that they should try it as a real like prison reform effort. <laughs> I I agree. Probably part of the reason why they can't do that now is because it's too expensive to send. Right, plastic but if you have the plastic surgeons if already, anyway, if they're already in the prison, who cares if they're murderers? Would you trust a plastic surgeon who's been convicted of murder to operate on you? They though? can do local. But still, what do you want? Like eyes on him? No, there's I not care. There are other. Don't they become friends in prison? I mean, there are other murderers. No, but he would do it only to people like you know drug charges, like stuff like that. Like no, but uh, the people who could get out. I'm yeah. feel. I'm just. I'm just feeling about. I'm wondering if they're gonna let someone in for life hold a knife. I'm just saying. There's a lot of, but you know, a lot of them are not. It like, could go. They're not like a lot of different serial ways. killers. Not yet, but maybe they've. You know, they got nothing to live for. I'm not saying it's a terrible idea, but it would require further thought. It's like saying, don't let, don't let the person who's really good at cooking be the chef because he might poison the food. Like, no. Why but if he did poison the food in the past or like killed somebody with the kitchen knife, no, it's separate. Separate. You can you can separate that out. Yeah, I'm sure they could do if you tell them. Hey, okay, go make a fucking table for three cents an hour, or we'll pay you a dollar an hour. Right. Well, do the dollar. Okay. Like, All right, fine. I hear you. Whatever. Well, if there's a prison warden in Texas that can, you know, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Round up all these plastic surgeons. You I know, I hope there aren't that many. <laughs> herd them into one. Apparently, there we have this Apparently, whole podcast. Yes. There, clearly, there are plenty. Yes, unfortunately. And there's going to be one more in Colorado now. We could probably have a whole network. I'm sure there's like a trillion. A in prison Florida. squad. A prison squad. Well, I thought it was a great episode, Rosie. You did a great job. Thank you. You guys have any questions, comments, no, corrections? Fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad that he ran out of his appeals. That's like yeah. rare. It is. It's also rare that like your appeals kind of happen that fast. I was getting nervous during my research because because I just read the Supreme Court motion and I didn't know what was uh, what the ruling was, and then I saw it was just came down in March that. They but denied, later, they the, denied the writ. They're like, later, he's going to walk. <laughs> no, but later, if they have, like, another Supreme Court ruling that, w that like, interfere with this case, could he later appeal that? I think he could. Mm. 
So she's not completely out. Because there's a if there's a new to uh, appeal to the Supreme Court, you have to have a federal issue. It can't just be it has to be like a constitutional issue. Right. So which um, the public trial thing might have been. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he did. He did it all. Uh, yeah, his Sixth Amendment uh, trial by jury, right to confrontation. Because he also had a big um, complaint that in the second trial they just used Shepard's test, like his confession. But they didn't put him on the stand. Right. So that technically is hearsay and violates his right of confrontation. Right. But the court said it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of other evidence. Yeah, I think also, I don't think the when it got, courts don't like to get overturned. So when they, oh, yeah. when the middle court got overturned by the higher court, I don't think they were going to. They were second. They were going to risk it again. Yeah. To right. to get overturned. So yeah, I was going to say, isn't that rare that like a, a higher court will. Even like overturn it. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Because it just makes it's like bad. It's like bad blood. Yeah, they it's don't like, like to do it unless it's like, you know. I guess they. It was such a new Supreme Court ruling. They didn't know how to interpret it, so they just erred on the side of caution. Right, and they figure if if it, if they're wrong, it'll get appealed higher. And right, exactly. So because it was, it literally happened during the appeal. So right. it was. Well, that so. was fantastic, Rosie. Yeah, I can't imagine how he felt getting. Out of jail, <laughs> he must have been so happy, and then to have to go back in. How long was he out of jail? Do you jail think then? He, you think he could dance with? Uh, Take a year. You think you think he could dance with Shantina with the ankle bracelet? <laughs> did, did he get a refund on the dancing classes? No. Yeah. Maybe not. I kind of almost feel bad for the guy he hired. He seemed like, like I said, like a little bit of a simpleton. You know, yeah. like he was kind of manipulated. He was both ways to kill and then to recant. He definitely was. It definitely seemed like that. So that was uh, a love triangle in Texas. What are we going to call this one? Shantina. Shantina shits on the shit. No. I thought, I don't know. Dancing with Shantina. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the... the Doctor Death dances to... The Shantina Tango. The Shantina Tango. I think one of the one of the Dateline episodes about this is called something like that. Like The Last Dance or <laughs> the something. Last. And then, yeah, they come up with the worst title. I know, they, but they're. Can like you imagine <laughs> you're like brutally <laughs> murdered, and these motherfuckers at 2020 I release know. an episode called "The Last"? And it's Dance. probably somebody like literally like your age. <laughs> I would be in the coming room up like, with it. Uh, uh. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Shatina, poor poor chick. Like, yeah, I know. I mean, she wasn't great at the start of the story, yeah. but like she did suffer a little bit, and we're like shitty. Which one was that? Dixon's marriage. Oh, she did. You're right. Did. Yeah, that's not nice. Uh the the saddest is the doctor, the pathologist, the poor nice pathologist. I know. Yeah. Uh, his first wife left him, got murdered, and then he gets involved with this lady and gets murdered by her ex boyfriend. Bad luck. Bad luck. Rest in peace, Doctor Solier. Yeah. yeah.